This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Strategy at Acadia. And today I'm joined by Todd Hassenfeld, who is part of Colgate Palmola's global digital organization, which is led by Brigitte King. Colgate is a caring, innovative growth company that is reimagining a healthier future for all people, their pets and our planet. Todd is lucky to work with so many talented colleagues as the Global Digital Commerce Senior Director of Strategy and Execution. Todd is a curious leader and learner who's experienced navigating change, not only in three large multinational companies, but also at two startups and a mid-sized company in Glanbier Performance Nutrition, where his e-commerce journey started. All of these experiences helped Todd to see multiple points of view, and he appreciates the opportunity to learn from so many inspiring leaders across the industry. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks, Kerry, and I have to say thank you. I mean, going back to a lot of those experiences, I learned from you and your podcasts and Forbes articles, and I just appreciate what you do in in the industry to help so many. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Todd. Right back at you. I know a lot of people listening will have seen you around on LinkedIn, always sharing, providing a perspective and um, it, it, it's very valuable. Like we're all sort of out there forge, you know, with a machete chopping through the woods for the first time with, with this stuff, like there isn't really a, a proven playbook for a lot of what we do, whether we're in a big, um, multinational like yourself or on the services side or the, or the startups as well. So we've all got to, you know, give each other a, give each other a leg up. It's all about <laughs> helping each other, right? That's all we can do. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to jump into this topic today because it is something that is uh, it's been around for a little while now. It's Amazon Inspire, and you know, is it really going to give social media a run for its money? It was sort of positioned as the TikTok killer by Amazon, not in their words, but you know, the media. And you know, it's been it's been about a year now or so, and it's time to check in and see. Who's using it and, and what kind of traction it's getting? What's the bull and bear case? So I'd, I'm, I'm really looking forward to jumping into that with you. Same here. Same here. Let's get into it. So what have you learned about Inspire that you think the audience might find like new information or, or just as a, a simple recap? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm always curious to see new things pop up on Amazon. And, and sometimes it may be US only. Sometimes it may be just for you know select users. But when I saw uh, what was initially a light bulb icon on the bottom of just the shopping, the Amazon shopping app, I was like second one from the left. I was like, well, what is this? And I'd heard about something like this coming. Uh, another attempt, we'll say, at a social media presence or a social media-like uh, experience on Amazon. So when it was the light bulb icon, and now it has shifted to a, a sparkle icon, but just started, you know, diving into it. And this was, you know, I think it went to everyone. There was a, there was that small group that was getting it or some size group. Uh, but, you know, last year, you know, around December of 2022, I believe everyone got it and was curious, just like how, you know, how is the experience and, you know, kind of the progression through this, you know, that, so they changed their icon 
couple of things that you couldn't do back then that you can do now is you can share the content. So a little bit more social in the past, you could just like it by clicking on a heart, but it was these, you know, I would call it, you know, small time influencers, literally just trying to put different, you know, very relatable products out there. I think there's room to grow on the social aspect of this, but if you if we think about it, I think we talk more about the experience of it in a bit, but if you frame this as, okay, it's a test and learn, or I'm curious on how it works, the back end of it, of how you can seamlessly go from looking at a video or a still image, which is an Inspire, within the same Inspire, you know, now sparkle icon or light bulb icon back there, you can toggle through all of the, you know, the images, the PDP images, if you're really engaged, you can dive right into the PDP. And if you're not, you can buy right from there without even going to the actual PDP. And then you go right back to the experience and you can continue scrolling. We're always talking about being seamless and frictionless, right? We want that experience. And, and a lot of social commerce maybe has been clunky. I think from a you know an Amazon Inspire standpoint, it's an interesting test case. I don't think there's a lot of eyeballs on it yet. I think if you're yeah. a brand, this is something you should be looking at. And on that, on, on the question of brands, are brands able to produce content on Inspire? So not directly to upload. Uh, now you could work with, you know, influencers and have them do it for you to have a chance for it to be there. But something, uh, you know, I'm honored to be back on the podcast, but I think a couple of years ago when I was on, I was at Simple Mills still, and you have talked about this extensively about Amazon Post and Amazon brand stores. That's your way as a brand, as long as you're within Amazon brand registry, and they do have this, there's, there's a link and we can maybe put it in the, you know, in the show notes, I can share this. But there's a link to kind of talk about, you know, how to how to post content on Amazon Inspire. And from a brand perspective, you do have to have, you know, you do have to be uh, brand registered and then you can go through it through stores and post. So, you know, again, there's no cost to it to, uh, you know, from that standpoint. Now, if you work with an influencer, that that's a different situation. But what brands should also be aware of, there's a lot of UGC on here. And I think some of the, the transition since it started last year is it was just, let's say, creators or, or you know, many influencers posting uh, and, and trying to do more of the affiliate piece and, and earn, some, earn some commissions. But now a lot of the feed is ending up being video reviews and they're not all positive for brands and brands don't appear to have you know a way to you know either approve or say hey i want that off um so yeah, i think brands you know really do need to look at what are the consumers saying ideally you look at your your product detail pages your innovation you know address any concerns but yeah video uh you know ugc video reviews right from amazon and still images as well from post uh, are becoming a big part of the feed. So just just to clarify, so w when you're engaging with creating posts as a brand, posts will actually show up natively in the Inspire feed? Yeah, what it, what it says on their site is they have the chance to. So it's not guaranteed that they will, um, but they do have the chance to. And I have seen, you know, just overall, not speaking specifically for Colgate here, but overall, I have seen some brand posts on there. I would say the majority is more on the video reviews. While Inspire, you know, Inspire says on their site, like this is for both, you know, video and still images, but it's there. They say primarily video is going to be more engaging. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that this is a, a huge missed opportunity from Amazon, really, in, in not engaging with brands. So this is a mistake that they made with an earlier version of, of a similar program called Spark. And I wrote about this in 2018. They'd launched this program called Spark in 2017. And it was, you know, like a very low-key version of Inspire. So it was just for consumers to use. It was kind of like a social feed. But it was, you know, it was like alive for a second and then it died. And I thought that the the big missed opportunity from Amazon was to actually engage with brand partners who could create really engaging content and they're going to be the most motivated ones to use that platform, right? And so, like, I think that some of the posts that I've seen from brands that I follow on Amazon are super engaging and they really add to the experience and they help with discoverability and things like that. And it really puzzles me that those two programs haven't been better integrated. Agree. And I, I remember Spark. Uh, and and that, that is something I was thinking about, you know, uh, when Inspire came out. I think a little, some difference, not that they've got a lot ahead. It's a little bit easier to find than Spark was back then, but still not mainstream. There, there's still many people even yeah. with that are, you know, e-commerce uh, looking at things on Amazon a lot that are like, wait, what is this Inspire thing? Um, I think it is a little bit more proactive for those that do engage and find it from a consumer standpoint. You know, you do start off with about, I think it's about like 20 different categories, 20 or 25 categories of, you know, what are you interested in and right. And, and then, so hopefully your feed is a little bit more interesting, but you know, when you think about their big tentpole events and I specifically looked on, on prime day in summer and then big, you know, the, the prime day, we'll call it in fall, uh, the big deal days. And I found like one post that even referenced, you know, or like was themed to these big tentpole events. Everything else was wow. just, you know, we'll call it standard fare. And sure, there may be maybe mm -hmm. more traffic, but, you know, looking also on the main page, whether on desktop uh, to reference it to go to mobile or on mobile. And again, this is just in the US right now, but there was really nothing to direct people to it. So you know, it, you know, yeah. it just feels like it, it is very much in a test and learn phase because there's not been much um, fanfare from Amazon overall. And I think even to your point on the creators, no matter what the social site, that that's what you need, right? You need to get the creators interested and and, and motivated, uh, whether that's traffic and or money. And while Amazon has the traffic, you know, I think there's been a few articles out there that the compensation is is not what a lot of influencers would feel was worth it or what the requirements are. Um, you know, sometimes that may sound what what brands say that the AVNs are very tough to negotiate as well, but. Uh, it seems like it's a similar thing with the influencers, which is why the content initially wasn't necessarily great. I will say, though, I did find a number of products that were truly I had never seen before or heard existed and bought a lot. My kids, my wife, myself uh, has had some gifts come across from Inspire. Um, and I, that's how I know the, the buying process is seamless. But I think from, you know, really, you know, getting this out there and, and, and getting content, why they've had to add so many video reviews to it, um, just so you don't see the same one. Cut it out. That's a funny. It's so funny that you say you were actively checking it during prime big deal days and prime day, because I did it. The thought literally didn't even cross my mind. I did not even think to look at it. And I mean, that's another sort of missed opportunity I feel is like cross-pollinating that UGC content back to product pages mm -hmm. 
or you know back into the ux of the app basically right now you've got that little icon down the bottom which you'd think would be kind of a prominent place because it's right below the search bar now it's next to you know your profile your orders and everything but i it it doesn't appear you know that content doesn't appear anywhere else in the user experience yeah so either icon i don't i i would you know subjectively say is not intuitive of what it is okay the light bulb they shifted to the sparkle icon which is maybe more common in in a lot of different things right you see that i mean gopuff has one your any invites uh usually have one so i'm not sure where the sparkle one came from unless they you know familiarity they're just trying to get people to click on and discover but you know i will say when you know let's think from an advertising lens here you know and using this as a consumer as well as looking at it from a brand perspective it's been a little evolution too. like in the beginning, what I did engage with, meaning that I went and scrolled through either on Inspire, scrolled through the images and or went right to the PDP or if I did, you know, heart it or like it, right? Click the heart icon uh, before you could share it. I will say the retargeting on keep shopping for then once I got back to either my desktop or just, you know, mobile shopping app was almost instantaneous for these categories. And a lot of categories I had never searched or looked for before anywhere else. So it did feel like it was instantaneous. One thing I haven't liked recently, uh, which makes it a bad experience is my my youngest son, Jake wanted a Spider-Man watch. So something I have never searched for, not looked for anywhere. I looked for one, you know, went through a different one, looked at the details, rain reviews, picked one, made sure he liked it. Cake, okay, he's happy. Bought it. The next day, I had like five different videos out of 10 that were Spider-Man watches. And what was frustrating yeah. was I bought it on Amazon immediately. Right. So that was a that was yeah. a that was a bad, you know, instant retargeting experience. Yeah, and that can happen like re- regardless of whether it's Inspire or if you had just done a sure. simple search. And that's a persistent problem of that, you know, who is the in-market shopper? And Amazon still thinks that Todd is in market for a Spider-Man watch. Yes. We've got a at Acadia we have a really um really great analytics practice, which has been a big learning experience for me, listening to what they're able to do with CDPs and first party data and audience segmentation and things like that. And what I have heard that group say is it's actually really hard to not, to actually thread that needle and know when someone has purchased and not retarget them again. Like you you and me, we see these ads come up and I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's an impress, totally wasted impression. Or I buy, you know, retargeting around the internet. I, I'm looking at some throw pillows and I buy one. And like for weeks later, I'm seeing throw pillows. And it's like, how could you not know, even from the same company, I already bought the damn pillow. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, from a technical standpoint, it is more challenging than 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 it seems. Yeah, it is interesting. Just these, you know, kind of newer things. And, and, and you know, Amazon Shopper Panel, which has been around longer, which is their receipt-based one. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be part of that, I, I think, since October of maybe 2021 or so. You probably make more than the Amazon influencers <laughs> from uh, being on the shop of my, Mine all goes a donation to a charity, but uh, but I, I do upload just to see the experience. And and it is interesting also, probably have a whole separate one on this, the uh, surveys that come part of the Amazon shopper panel. And it's not just about products. And you can kind of guess, well, which brand bought this survey, right? You can tell that. But there's also been a lot of surveys around 
Do you shop in club? You like, do you shop at Costco? Do you shop brick and mortar? Have you watched a, a video on connected TV before? Right. So you can just see how this information could all be leveraged in different, you know, presentations and data sets. But what was, you know, thinking of the retargeting, going back to Amazon shopper panel, you know, it only, it's only happened once that I can tell right now, but I had bought at a physical, you know, store location, TJ Maxx bought some mixing bowls. And again, something I had not searched on Amazon and I was retargeted with mixing bowls on Amazon like a day or two later. And again, I had bought it because it saw it on the Amazon shopper panel, did not research it online. And yet that made a connection. So yeah, it's just interesting like how these pipes are connecting. You know, a lot of times we want more data to connect it and AMC is hopefully doing this for us. But this retargeting speed, whether it's accurate or not to your point or, or, or correct if we bought it, it does seem like Inspire and Shopper Panel are, are part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it all, it all comes back to that uh, audience targeting that we can do in Amazon DSP and we can search for in-market Spider-Man watch shoppers and we can search for people who have, you know, recently bought mixing bowls, I guess, you know, this is, this is all the stuff that we're able to target in Amazon. And that is, you know, for, for Amazon, the data that it's collecting from Inspire, even if you and I both agree, like that there is so much more potential and they're kind of really, you know, un, under, under capitalizing on a, an opportunity here. There's still a lot of data that they're able to take back to their pool and um, advertisers can tap into, you know, in market or category or interests, demographics, things like that, based on your Inspire viewing activity. Yeah. And maybe like this may be about like all speculation here, right? But while it's not as much uh, be getting attention or being amplified to consumers, you know, I will say, you know, looking at it from the creator side now, now take the payment, you know, portion out of it and, and kind of rates, but there's a robust, I mean, there's a whole creator university link on Amazon for, for, you know, and, and it includes Inspire. There's a lot of other parts of their affiliate program, but, you know, one of the parts that really caught my eye, you know, kind of, you know, we always talk about blurring lines for Amazon Inspire, you know, there's a TikTok 101 pull down. And then if you click on that, they have grow your Amazon business with TikTok. And they have a person who has done this the best, uh, at least on Amazon Inspire and TikTok. And they have a video testimonial from her. And then they have all these different, you know, ways of, you know, bring in the hashtags, build your community, share the links, consistency is key, you know, do three to five videos a day, um, at least. And, you know, they have a lot of resources for people. Now it looks to be more, maybe if you're just getting started, than let's say the more experienced uh, influencer uh, or TikToker. But it does feel like having all this and there's others, they talk about YouTube, they talk about Instagram, you know, do what you love and get paid for it, build your community. I think they're trying like, you know, build, before they bring the consumer in, hopefully the creators come and the content improves because I think that, you know, that that's one of the downfalls of Inspire. So let's talk about the the context of what else is going on in social media and we've talked about TikTok a number of times but from what i have seen with a number of our clients who have something go kind of viral on TikTok whether that is because they paid someone to do it or just an organic thing and in the TikTok posts amazon won't even be mentioned but we see a big spike in 
in sales for a, you know, on, on, on a campaign that does really well as, you know, let's say a brand has some budget available and they're tossing up like different social media opportunities and then Amazon inspire and going out to some of these micro influencers and getting some Amazon inspire traction going on. Um, curious, like how you think about like out, outside of your day-to-day role, but just as someone who's followed the industry for a long time, how do you think about the different opportunities that are out there and how would you kind of rank them? I, I think ranking, and, and this is where kind of my experience, either being at big companies or small or in between, you know, I, I see different angles and the pros and cons of each, but I think in general, no matter what size company or type of industry you're in, you have to, what's the use case, right? What, what are you trying, what business case are you trying to solve or what, what type of product are you going to be promoting? Is it a new item in, from an established brand? Is it uh, a, a new brand trying to be a disruptor? Uh, is, a red, is it a regimen build? Is it a repackaging or reformulation? And I, I think it depends on also then, well, where where do you have distribution? If you're truly thinking Omni here, let's not just only think online, but maybe where do you have physical presence as well? And then what, you know, if we're talking social in this case, what social sites lead to which ones? Now, a majority do go to Amazon. And I think whether, you know, it's Amazon or, you know, and it would just say stick in the U.S., you know, Walmart, Target, et cetera, Walgreens. You got to think about your product detail pages because all this money you're spending on social, on let's call it traditional search like Google or Bing, on connected TV or streaming, you know, all this money, a lot of times if it's new to brand or new to product or, or just new to the experience, those consumers are going to some PDP and the data suggests most of the time it is Amazon. So before you start picking where are we going to place our bets on this end, make sure where you're sending them isn't a bad experience or doesn't confuse them. From there, I think it's, if you're going to, if you're going to hone in on TikTok, let's say, how, how creative can you be? Like this, this can't be as standard, you know, 30 second, it can't be a standard commercial maybe that you've done, or even a, even a PDP video, uh, depending uh, on your past or your experience at your company. I think, you know, how do you make sure you're creating content fit for that social channel? And then what is that call to action? There's so many different things to consider. And, and I think also to remember, this is one I think brands struggle with, the consumer decides if that interaction on social media is a conversion focused ad, or if it's a growth, you know, kind of a brand building ad, it, it can be both. Mm. Uh, sometimes I think we, you know, in the CPG world, we always think, oh, this is, it's one or the other. We, we don't decide anymore. The, the consumer does, and they, they have actually for a long time, but I think you have to be very nimble in looking at your content. How can you, so if you look at the quantitative side of things is my content you know, literally the specs, is it fit for the social channel that I'm putting it on? But then how am I looking at the qualitative standpoint? And that's harder, but how do you do that quicker? And it can't just be, it can't be isolated. Like, oh, I had this many impressions or likes or click-through rates. Great. Connect the dots. Where did it click through to? Now, whether that's Amazon, Walmart, Target, whatever, but now go look and, and is there a spike there? And then maybe three, six months down the road, are you seeing an increase in your branded search terms, right? That people are searching for, not that you're necessarily spending more on it, but now you could maybe reduce your non-branded, 
you know, uh, retail media search if this is all working together. But a lot of times the silos, we, we separate the KPIs or the metrics or it's hard to get to. And, and, and that's a part you have to have a little bit of trust. But I think brands have to think about what am I trying to do? What type of product am I trying to, um, you know, trying to promote or, or, or get in front of consumers? Which sites are best for that? And then, is, you know, before, I'm, before I make those decisions, are my PDPs ready to go? So I don't have someone see something on streaming TV, look for it, scan the QR code, and the PDP is a mess. And now I lost that chance and I may never get it back again. Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice. I think that this question that um, I keep hearing from brands, which is not a new thing, I've got to keep remembering that, but asking about, well, how do we prove that this new channel is incremental? Like, okay, we, we cannot go down this rabbit hole today. I know, I know that you'd have a lot of thoughts on it, but it is that quite like that you mentioned the trust and the consumer decides whether it's a conversion event or a brand building event. And it's really not that simple as, okay, if I spend a dollar over here, is it cannibalizing a dollar over there? It's like, it doesn't really work that way. There's not any single shopper who only shops Target and nowhere else and never visits social media, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, but that, that, this, that's where piecing it together, like progress over yeah. perfection, right? You're, it's never going to uh-huh. be perfect data, but you can, you know, like shoppable media, even, you know, and, and kind of in between here, but, you know, a company like Micmac is doing so much mm-hmm. work to provide data and insights out there, you know, Profitero with digital shelf insights. I mean, and, and if you're part of, you know, looking at, at data from that, but I think if you yep. just, if you try to tie it together, it's not always, it's not always just about incremental. There's also, are we preventing losing consumers or the leaky bucket, right? If we're not here, are we losing, right? And, and so there might be an incremental portion of it, but there's also not doing certain investments um, can mean we start losing or the leaky bucket gets, uh, you know, get, gets worse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Todd, this has been great. A great conversation as always. We started talking about Amazon Inspire. We ended up at incrementality. It was just bound to happen. Um, <laughs> you're a wonderful person to follow on, on LinkedIn. Um, and is should we send people over to your personal profile there? Is that the best way for people to connect with yeah, you? Yeah, that's the best. I, I love helping anything I can do. Um, if you see something and you want to learn more or challenge it, or, or, or please, we're all sharing together. I learned from so many people on LinkedIn as well, but that's the best spot to get a hold of me, yes. Awesome. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Carrie. Appreciate it.